Hello and welcome to Spork. Uh, Spork is a spoken word poetry organisation based in Exeter and this is our podcast. What we thought we'd do uh, for this episode is try something a little bit different and start uh, using themes. So to introduce the theme for this month's episode, this is a poem by Sir Philip Sidney, uh, who was some Elizabethan bloke. Come sleep, O sleep, the certain knot of peace, the baiting place of wit, the balm of woe, the poor man's wealth, the prisoner's release, the indifferent judge betwixt the high and low. That's right, uh, this month's theme is sleep and dreams, dreams and sleep. And like any tedious man at a party, we are going to spend the next 30 minutes or so talking at you about sleep and dreams, dreams and sleep. First up, we've got some poetry from Carl Burkett. Hi everyone, I'm Carl. Um, Thank you so much for having me. Uh, The fact you're going to spend a few minutes of your life to listen to some words I've written uh, means the world to me and uh, genuinely never gets lost on me. So um, thank you. Uh, Thank you, Spork. Um, I've got a few poems, just a few short ones. um, And I'm going to start with just a couple that sort of touch on sleep and dreams. This one's called Feathered Stress Ball. There was a massive crow stood on the branch of the recently blossomed tree outside my living room window. A right plump bugger just pecking at leaves, not pecking at leaves, pecking at leaves, not pecking at leaves. Watching it potter about with no plan of action was relaxing. It was my personal feathered stress ball on pipe cleaner legs. Thirty seconds into me watching it, the crow froze and looked up. Its eyes stayed fixed on the endless blue. I imagined it dreaming of painting shapes across the sky canvas with the bristles of its wings. And then it pooed right down to earth. Uh, thank you. Um, I, w- uh, I will warn you, I probably will say thank you between each poem. Uh, so don't worry if you're not doing anything that warrants a thank you, but um, <laughs> just listening is more than enough. Uh, this one's called April at Night. There's a cat flap on the side of my head. April walks through it most nights between awake and asleep. Her misty morning eyes blink behind mine like soft showers tickling cracked patios. I can feel her midnight tail against my skull. She hisses when I think the wrong things and hides behind nightmare sofas. She still has a chip out of her right ear. She still doesn't tell me how she got it. In the early hours, April chases the loose threads of my mind like whiskers and kneads my brain with the warmth of my favourite baker. Thank you very much. Um, I've actually got a book out. Um, you, uh, you can probably hear it now. It's the pages. Yeah, they sound pretty good. Um, it's called What Does a Baby Think It Is? And Other Questions. Uh, it's essentially a load of questions that I've tried to answer. Um, and you can, uh, if you're interested, you can pick one up from, I think it's carlburkett.bigcartel.com. Um, or just Google what does a baby think it is and see what happens. I've never actually done it, so I'll be interested to see what you find. Um, so yeah, let's get, let's start with the uh, the title question. What does a baby think it is? When babies look at adults, do they think, that's what I'll be? Or are they expecting to just be a baby forever? Or do they look at something like, say, a chair and think, I wonder when I'll look like that? The babies have ambitions. Adults do all sorts of things, send emails, jump out of planes, eat three Pringles at a time, 
I guess it wouldn't be too weird if a baby looked at a chair and thought, I'd love to provide comfort and support for others. Uh, thank you very much. Question two. Uh, yeah, question two. How do you know you have a forehead? The question made sense at the time, but context is a powerful thing. A grown man once asked me, can moons get married? It wasn't a grown man, it was a toddler. But if all things go well, he will one day be a grown man who once asked me, can moons get married? I often daydream about him saying that when a job interviewer asks, do you have any questions for us? Uh, thank you. Um, question, yes, question three. Let's go for... Yeah, okay. Where does blood go? When I found out my blood type was A positive, I was surprised because I always had me down as a negative. The first time I gave blood, I left the community centre thinking, if I get hit by a bus now, I die a lot quicker. I've given blood 11 times. My dad has an award for giving away 50 pints of blood, which makes sense because he's five times the man I am. When a stranger smiles at me on the tube, I think he got some of dad's. Thank you. And I'm going to leave you very quickly on this one. Last question. Do ghosts exist? What if those moments you jolt yourself awake? You know, the times you think you're falling and find yourself crash landing in bed. The moments that feel like you pulled your guard up to defend yourself from subconscious danger. What if those moments are in fact the ghost of a loved one shaking you awake? A loved one keen to see your eyes again or desperate to urge you to write down that idea you just had before sleep steals it forever. Thank you so much to listen to me. Um, take care of yourselves and enjoy the rest of the podcast. Nice one. If you want to see some more of Carl's work, you can follow him on Twitter, at uh, Carl Burkitt. That's at uh, C-A-R-L and then Burkitt, which is B-U-R-K-I-T-T. I definitely recommend that because he does a poem every single day and it's wonderful. Uh, you can also visit com, and that's where you can uh, see some of his videos and uh, look at his poems, subscribe to his newsletter and buy his book, uh, What Does a Baby Think It Is? Next up, we've got an audio piece from the very dreamy Hal Kelly. Hi, I'm Hal Kelly. I'm a composer and sound artist currently based in Brighton. I make experimental electronic music that spans a range of styles from art pop to pure sound art. The piece you're about to hear is called Doorways, and I recorded most of it through binaural microphones, which you wear in your ears like earphones, and they record the sounds around you so that when you listen back through headphones, you have the impression of being there in real life. Recorded around Brighton, it's a narrative piece in which the character is seemingly being haunted by music from a dream. Listen through headphones for the full effect. Thank you. 
To hear some more of Hal's music, you can visit his Bandcamp page. It's Hal Kelly, so it's H-A-L-K-E-L-L-Y.Bandcamp.com. Now, are you feeling sleepy? Well, wake the fuck up, because it is time for this month's headliner. I am delighted to welcome to the to your ears the delightful work of Manira Pilgrim. So I went through um, a sort of, uh, I did like a short course, not course as in, blah, you can edit that part out. Okay. <laughs> okay. Bismillah. So I went through a short cycle of coaching. So a lot of the time when people think about coaching, they think about like, oh, you know, helping you with professional goals or there's something really tangible that you want to achieve. And so there's a form of coaching, which is more therapeutic sort of coaching, whereas ther- therapy is oftentimes looking at things which happened in your past. Coaching is like, how do you sort of find ways to deal with these things in the future? Like, so not necessarily digging into the past, but still looking at the present situation and like how to get out of that. So I was having a lot of negative feelings about various different things. And I went through um, some coaching and um, there were techniques that they asked me to do, like imagine a safe place, you know, if you could think of a um, safe space, where would that be? What would it look like? So it was a lot of like imagining, a lot of dreaming and things like that. And then I was asked to write about something about lockdown something that happened during lockdown and I think most of the people who did it were sort of like talking about oh the experience of not being around family or friends or missing out on work but I had to again during lockdown the initial stages of it started having those of these negative feelings and so I had to keep imagining this space imagining this room and so I came up with this space or I came up with this poem called Reiki because the room was sort of based off a room where I used to get Reiki. And so this piece is called Reiki. Where are you? It's a room that glows whenever outside is cold and within it there is a bed. I'm lying on this bed with a blanket which covers me up to my navel. My mouth feels weighty and metallic again. I've lost my speech again. The boulders are in the back of my throat constricting my truths again. Only air can get through and even then it's limited. My tongue is blistering. My THs are pronounced while the rest of my body lacks clarity. My words lack clarity. The music is a blur. I can only hear it. Normally I can see it. Every single colour. Blossoming, vibrating at different rates. Bending and bouncing in different directions. My chest is compressed and calcifying. One. Two. There you go. The moths are waging war on my insides. Do you have any idea what it feels like when millions of moths identify a source of light, but there is only space in your stomach for two or three? No wonder my belly is burning. Where are you? It's a room that glows whenever outside is cold and within it there is a bed. I'm lying on this bed with a blanket which covers me up to my navel and the blanket. The blanket is brown with a thick cable stitch. It's possibly crocheted, definitely not machine made. Um, Yak, angora, mohair maybe. 
I'm conscious of the fact that I don't remember if I normally lay on my belly or my back. I feel like I need a cushion and maybe he can tell because he slips one under my neck anyway. If I was to guess, I would say it's a different type of wall. It's much softer to the touch and my body is warming up. He's just placed his hands on my shoulders and the only way I could describe it is love. His hands are the lanterns which are holding me in sync, soldering the pieces of me that never spoke up when others told their versions of stories. My keloids are copper, bronze and gold, not like the metallic of my mouth. This is more precious, more luster, more royal, more diamond mines in South Africa, more cherry to chestnut coloured coffee beans buried in the belly of stone fruit in Blue Mountain, Jamaica, more date palms in Algeria and silk route to China. The boulders are breaking, the moths have departed. Where are you? It's a room that glows whenever outside is cold and within it there is a bed. I'm lying on this bed with a blanket which covers me up to my navel. The blanket is brown with a thick cable stitch bedded in the middle of it. Mohair maybe. My body is the lantern warming everything up, including his, his hands on my shoulders. I am the source of light. The thing that glows whenever outside is cold. These are the processes that I have to go through whenever I think about you I'm struggling to get over you I can't deny it's gotten a lot better but I'm not at the point that I'm ready to forgive until this thing that has affected us all it creeps in the body just like you subtle at first just like you have us calling up our loved ones the ones we don't speak to too often you once were my loved one I don't think my love has gone hence me calling you just to say hi So I conduct a lot of workshops and I get people to write various different pieces. Oftentimes when I do workshops, I don't really do the workshop myself. Um, but on this particular day, I ask people to imagine the relationship that they would have with their body or the ideal relationship that they want to have with their body. And so um, we did various different activities and the final activity was bringing all of those together essentially. And so this piece is called Dear Body. Dear Body, thick body, brown body, round, curved and clutch body, soft body, my body soaked in lavender with a fragrance somewhere between mangoes and vanilla body. Dear you, body, stout like your grandma, curved like your mama, thick skin and subtle heart, blemished skin and breaking heart. I'm sorry for all the times I've neglected you, Failed to shower you with gratitudes for carrying me through all that you have. You are more than vessel, more like vital. Without you, this world is void and without form. Has no thought, no feeling, no function, no witnessing God wanting to be known. No stumbling over, subhanAllah, when hearing it for the very first time. No bended knees, no fudged tears, no closed eyes when kissed on the neck. No faint breath when kissed on the back. Dear body, my carry me through hurt body, my compartmentalise until I can deal with body, heal with body, I've neglected you, bitched at you, bullied you for being so fat, so dark, so light, so hair not long enough, hair too thick under my chin, breast too big, butt too small, feet too flat, shoulders too broad. How have you coped body? Not broke down body. Even when you were pinned down and screamed out. And once again you were pinned down. But learnt not to scream out. Because last time there was nobody. Just somebody. 
who wish to colonize you like a country rich in resources. Mother tongue gone, or that remains is corrupted language that have taught us not to love our bodies, so it's no wonder I've neglected you. At one point even loathed you. But now, I need you to know, you are heavenly, the type of body that continents could be named after. Moonera. Land of silk tongues and wild ravines, like stretch marks carved in tummies and thighs. Land bountiful and overflowing, house of hope, home of hearts. You are loved, dear body, thick body, brown body, round curved and clutch body, soft body. Thank you for carrying me through. Some days, uh, you just got to unhook your bra. Well, I mean, like... Every day, I mean, not being judgy here, but every day you should unhook your bra. I'm not saying, I'm not judging anyone who doesn't, anyone who wears their bra for multiple days and just leave it on without any, that's, that's completely up to, okay, so me, I have to unhook my bra every day because A, I've got to wash and B, because there's been some times, well, maybe I should say at the end of the day, you should unhook your bra because Um, there's been times where I fell asleep and woke up in my bra and I felt like a blood flow. I felt like oxygen wasn't getting to those parts of my bodies. Like felt like my arm was about to drop off. So yeah, it's advisable to unhook your bra, but there is a difference between, there is a difference between like unhooking your bra because functionally you need to do it and unhook my bra days. So this poem is called Unhook My Bra Days. Some days are supposed to bruise us, supposed to chafe against the tops of our inner thighs. These days, these are the days that leave you racing to unhook your bra and scratch at the marks that are left behind. We need days to step out of our clothes and leave it like a puddle in the centre of the room. On these days, under the blanket feels safe, And even in the hot, I am cold. These days try to fool us into forever, but it too shall pass. I mean, is this poem about dreaming? Mm, mm, It depends how you expand that. I think it's about dreaming because I dream of the day when I win an award for this poem, right? And I know that may sound slightly egotistical, but this is one of my favourite poems and I don't know why I haven't won an award. Part of it could be because I haven't submitted it for an award. But I like it because looking at the canon of poems that are sort of like dealing with spiritual matters, A, is generally written by men. B, like oftentimes they speak about when they're talking about something like although I think everything is sacred I think humanity is sacred I think everything that we do is sacred and like you know part of I think the issue with spirituality is that it makes it seems as if particular things are sacred and not everything but anyway that's another story but mm, what am I going on so much I mean what am I trying to say is that Oftentimes when people are talking about spiritual subject matters or matters of spirituality or tapping into spirituality and sacredness is often done by men looking at old, the old um, sort of romantic poet, poets of um, sort of like more Arab and Jewish and sort of like Christian lineage. And like 
when women do it, it kind of sounds like we're talking about something seductive, you know? And I really like this poem because even though it's not like I'm talking about something seductive, people always think that this poem is about men, maybe because of the title, but it's not. It's actually about the body, you know, and me and, you know, all of these different things. But I feel like anyone could relate. The poem is called To All The Men. To all the men who use why are you single as a chat up line. They ask me why I'm single. I shy away from the truth. Spiritual women attract broken men and like a nurse I tend to them. It's not that I've never had relationships. It's just there's a thin line between lover and healer. I am often both and he is often neither. He is the one in need and I mostly have the ability to rejuvenate when I deplete. They come to me wounded and it would seem my womb has a thing for making my heart their remedy. Them idling on sacred ground. Somebody else's sacred house. I act placid as they set God's house alight to keep them warm. And when they're done, I out their flames with acid, scooping up the flesh just left behind. Knowing these scars will heal with time because who? Who does not want a woman who can heal like alchemy? who can ease pains and sorrows, mixing elixirs out of tears, cloves and aloes. Tell me, who does not want a woman who will give all of herself until she is hollow? God's home is hollow. I am shallow yet drowning still. It's best I'm single, that's God's will. Pen has lifted feather and quill. We are remodeling house into home. So the next man who enters will have to take off his shoes and bow at God's throne. And that's the poem. And that was the incredible Manira Pilgrim. Uh, Manira is a poet currently based between London and Bristol. She's uh, one half of Poetic Pilgrimage, which is a poetry hip-hop duo. She is a facilitator. She does lots of incredible work. You should follow her um, on Twitter at Money Pilgrim, which is M-U-N-I Pilgrim. So it's uh, a miserable day here in Exeter. It's pissing it down outside. And I think I've chosen possibly the worst place I could have to record this in a big uh, empty echoey room. Um, so I've just put on this nice crackling, relaxing sound effect of a sort of crackling log fire. And it's almost the end of the show. I wanted to say a big thank you to all of uh, our poets and contributors to Hal Kelly, Manira Pilgrim and Carl Burkett. I also wanted to tell you that we currently have applications open for something called Spork Up, which is a month-long development programme for emerging spoken word artists in the Southwest. Uh, it's a paid opportunity, you get workshops, you get a professionally made video, uh, definitely apply. Um, applications are at sporkpoetry.com where you can find out more information about the programme as well. And just before we go... I wanted to read you a poem that I've written about sleep. Sleep used to be a weightless thing, witless as a wren or a coal tit's wing. Sleep was cheap, it came and went, it touched your eyes when you were spent. It tipped you out till all you were was sediment. Then through the nighttime filled again, the trickle like the trills of wren, it hardly ever spilled you then. It held you through the drowning dark, 
Waiting for the milkman, waiting for the lark To wake you slowly when they sing Sleep used to be a weightless thing uh, Thank you so much for listening um, I've been Chris White, this has been Spork So long, farewell, auf Wiedersehen Good night.